It was a very cruel scene. Executed in an unusual manner. Hey, Cruel Coven. Hello, my little limp biscuits. <laughs> my, my name is Tori. I'm Katie. Welcome to Cruel and Unusual, the podcast. You guys, everybody, everybody in our circle and new listeners. Will the real Slim Shady please stand up? We got new microphones. Do we I repeat, sound better? Do we sound better or worse? Do we sound better or worse or neither? <laughs> Vote in our poll. Wait. In Cruel and Unusual, colon. There's no poll there. I'm just kidding. There might be a poll on Instagram, Maybe though. Maybe there will be a poll. On Instagram. <laughs> on Instagram. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you guys. Wait, what was I going to say now? Fuck. It was something. I don't care. Whatever. If we don't sound better, I might perish. <laughs> I, might, I might. Katie has really been on the we need new mics game. We do. And we finally. We, we don't. Because now we, we got them. <laughs> now we got them. Now we got our big girl mics. For our big girl butts. Yep. And we're here. We're rocking. We're rolling. We're ready to go. You guys, we're so happy to be back here on this lovely, bright, wonderful, gloomy Thor day. <laughs> I hope that there's no one listening new for the first time. <laughs> because they're going to be like exiting the fuck out of Either this. that or they're going to be like, I have found my people. <laughs> the fucking weirdos. Oh, real quick before we forget. I just want to tell everybody to go to Cruel and Unusual colon the group. Um, if you can share the article about our lovely little coven member, Chastity's family, mm-hmm. who got into a pretty devastating car accident somehow. I, I even told Chastity those three babies... They showed some, like, well, I gave me chills. I started crying. That mom saved their lives. Yeah, because that's the power of car yeah, seat safety. There are so many parents who are just like, oh, I'm just going to really, you know, we're not going far. Going to just buckle them in, but I'm not going to tighten. I'm not going to put the, the, the chest piece where it should go. It'll, we'll be fine. Right. You know? And so, that's the thing, too. It's not a parenting choice. It's not something to get upset about when no. somebody corrects you. It's your child's safety you if you see a child we're, we're really going off on a tangent yeah if you see a kid that is not in a car seat right that's something that's been, always been my biggest fear that i've asked you about a million times um don't ever feel bad about correcting that parent that's the one thing yeah that i feel you can correct a parent about oh yeah because you are saving the kid's life right. but anyway you guys if you are part of our facebook group please go i'm not telling you that you have to donate if you can't donate that's totally that's fine i'm not trying to force you to donate but if you could share that would be the biggest thing. So more people see it. Yeah. Um, because that family, they had just bought that vehicle. They had just got it all like registered and all of that. Um, and now they don't have a vehicle, which hopefully insurance will help with that. And the kids already have three new car seats. Um, but I mean, hospital bills right. and ambulance bills and all of that. It's going to be really hard for them. And that is Chastity's, who you guys probably know, her closest family members aside from her sisters and dad. So if you guys can just go check that out for her, I would greatly appreciate it. And... Our coven members got they a lot of them have donated. Mm-hmm. Um, the GoFundMe has over a thousand dollars now. Yeah, it's which awesome. is crazy. That means the world to people. So yeah, but I just wanted to say that really quick so I wouldn't forget. Yeah, the post for that is in our Facebook group. I'm gonna try to make sure that I pin it before this episode goes up. Yeah, good idea. So we were having a little bit of a drought. We were having a droughty season, <laughs> but we had a couple of our lovely listeners send in some stories and we're going to read them for you and i think katie's going to go first i'm going to go first i'm going to read a story that we got from a listener who would like to remain anonymous i haven't read it they say rodney allender is my friend's dad the day of the murder i at the time was working at a circle k in the center of our town bedford indiana The three boys came into the gas station to get gas, soda, and some snacks. I graduated with Flynn, used to be the wrestling manager to Hicks Middle School team. My little brother was on the same team as Hicks. Curtis I knew through mutual friends. That night of the murder, one of the local hangouts was the Bedford Pool Hall when it was located on 16th Street. Allender's son was there with our big group of friends. At the time, he had a very pregnant girlfriend. When it came time to closing, they had went home, lived with Rodney. When the article says, quote, found by a relative, it was his son Clinton and pregnant girlfriend Brianna. If you use this for anything, please keep me anonymous. Thanks for your time. Currently only eight episodes in, but loving the podcast. So, wow, wow. 
Okay. Okay, so I'm going to read an article that kind of accompanies that to kind of give you a little bit of backstory about Rodney Allender. This is from the HoosierTimes.com. It's written by Roger Moon. And it says, Bedford, Rodney Allender was tied up with duct tape and struck in the head as many as 10 times with a baseball bat before he died during a robbery at his northeastern Lawrence County home on Thursday, according to court documents. This is from Wave3.com. And it says, three teens are charged in the homicide of a Lawrence County man, according to Sheriff Sam Craig. One suspect is in custody and two others are still at large. The victim has been identified as Rodney R. Allender, 43, of Dutch Ridge Road in Lawrence County. Police ruled Allender's death a homicide after an autopsy on Friday found he died of blunt force trauma. Sheriff Craig said they believe the motive behind Allender's murder was robbery because money and firearms were taken from the home. The sheriff's office said one suspect, Austin M. Curtis, 18, of Bedford, Indiana, is already in custody at the Lawrence County Jail. Warrants have been issued for two other young men. They are identified as Taylor M. Flynn, 19, of Bedford, and a 16-year-old juvenile. Wow. Yeah, so this article was before they they found them. Sure. But isn't that crazy? That really is. Wow. Okay. So Rodney Allender was our listener's friend's dad. That's so weird. Murdered brutally with a baseball bat. Wow. I think it was. Yeah. Oh, my Isn't God. Isn't that wild? That's sick. Mm-hmm. So I know that you have a story from um, Cat Motherfucking Savage. Cat Motherfucking Savage. And here's the thing for everybody that doesn't know, which is everybody besides Cat. Um, we, when we first started <laughs> this podcast, we attempted to have Cat on as a guest telling her story via Zoom or <laughs> Skype. or I think it was Skype. You guys, just an FYI, <laughs> this was when the world fucking shut down. March 13th, 2020. Yeah. Katie, Kat, and I were on the phone, mm-hmm. and then Trump had his, like, press conference a little bit later, or maybe it was before, but either way. Yeah, yeah. That was the night that we took the infamous Walmart trip. Right. So, <laughs> we <laughs> recorded it. I uploaded it onto my computer to, like, edit it or whatever, and I don't know what happened, but I sounded like the fucking Charlie Brown teacher. <laughs> my voice was like, oh, <laughs> no. I don't, and I didn't know how to fix it. I don't think it could have been fixed. Probably not. And then I felt really bad, and, and we didn't tell Kat for a while. <laughs> Because I felt like I felt like um, I'd wasted her time. Yeah. And I was very embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think she cares. I don't think she so cares. So what Kat did was she wrote up her story and emailed it to us. And you're yeah. going to read that. I'm going to read it right now. <laughs> hey, since the interview of this didn't go well, I figured I'd lay out the story for you all in case you felt like telling people about my psycho high school ex. Feel free to share my name. I care not. When I was 14 years old... I met Josh Schaefer. He was 17, and although my parents didn't love it, they accepted it with close supervision. I think they figured telling me no or forbidding it might make it worse. Unfortunately, my parents were also alcoholics and deep in the throes of their own shit, so the quote-unquote close supervision very quickly dwindled. Shortly after meeting, we turned 15 and 18. A long list of issues began popping up. He said for a while he was considering leaving me to go back to his ex. He basically would say that he was going to leave me for his ex and he would use that to threaten me. He cheated on me because at the time I was still a virgin and, quote, not giving him any, end quote. The manipulation spread until I found myself apologizing for everything, even when I didn't think I did anything wrong. This all started right after his friend got out of juvie and they started doing a lot of drugs together. I ended up losing my virginity to him. He yelled at me all the time. For example, he made it very clear he wanted me to call him after school one day. I called him, but he wasn't home, so his mom gave me his friend's number because he was over there. I called there and he screamed at me over the phone about how embarrassing it was to have his girlfriend tracking him down. What the fuck? A little while later, my family was moving several states away. We agreed to try long distance. He told me over the phone after I moved that, quote, I guess it didn't work, end quote. When I asked him what, he told me that he'd intentionally tried to get me pregnant while I was 15 at the time. We moved the week of my 16th birthday. He came to visit us and pinched the back of my arm so hard it left a bruise. Mm. I'm going to throw a trigger warning in there just because this could get worse. I'm not sure what all she put in here. After pinching me, we drove back to my house, and I cried the whole way. When we pulled up, he told me to stop crying before my parents saw and made me climb on top of his lap in the car to have sex before we went inside. 
Then he cheated on me again. This time he got that girl pregnant. He broke up with me even though he claimed he didn't want to and that it was the, quote, right thing to do, end quote. I found that statement ironic. Fast forward to college, he somehow gets my number and starts texting me, even though I was very much moved on and living with my current boyfriend. My boyfriend at the time texted him stating that he wasn't comfortable, it was inappropriate, and I wasn't interested in being contacted by him. He wrote back stating that, quote, he was my first and would be my last no matter what. Ew. End quote. Isn't that terrible? Mm. Oh, that makes me feel gross. Flash forward more years, I catch wind that he's in prison for murder. Oh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. I look up the details. Apparently, he and some friend from Juvie got into some really bad drug-related stuff. They went into his drug dealer's house to rob him, and he hit the guy with a bat. Then, went to the back room to find his money and his drugs. Apparently, his friend continued hitting the guy with the bat while he was out of the room. Another baseball bat murder. Another baseball bat murder. Come on, people. He testified against his friend and received 25 years without parole. His friend received life in prison. Only the two really know what all went down, but it's worth noting, I guess, that the evidence did support Josh's retelling of what happened. Hmm. Fast forward many more years. I have two small toddlers. I'm married. His sister contacts me on Facebook and says that Josh wants to call me from prison. No. And he, (laughs) yeah. No, 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 no. No, no, no. (laughs) The sister said that he had something that he wanted to say to me. I allow it, thinking maybe apologies are possibly part of a prison program or 12-step type of thing. He gives me the briefest of apologies, makes no mention at all of how he treated me, then asks to write me. I figure maybe it's a lot to say. I give him an address, not my home, and he starts sending me letters, pictures, things he drew, and photos of where he got my name tattooed on him in prison. Oh my god, cat. Yeah. One day he calls and immediately starts trying to talk about, quote, all the good times we had, end quote, and I had to cut him off. I reminded him about all the horrible things he did to me, which he claims not to remember and blames the drugs. Convenient. Mm-hmm. And he gives a half-hearted apology. After that call, I ceased all contact with him. He tried reaching out through Facebook because apparently with the right connections, you can get anything in prison. But I wouldn't answer. One of his last messages to me was again... That he was my first, and he would be my last, and he knows we're meant to be together, and he's going to reunite with me when he gets out. Obsessive much? (sighs) His projected release date is August of 2026, and it feels so close. This isn't one of those stories ending with how I'm so scared he's going to come after me and find me after he gets out. I'm not scared. I spent a long time being scared of him, but I'm not that girl anymore. This is a story to tell you that if you hear of me killing someone (laughs) in 2026, (laughs) it will will be because he tried to find the wrong girl, the girl I was back then, and instead came face to face with the woman I am today and lost. I know this is long. Feel free to share or not share, cut things out to shorten or however you want to use it. Okay, bye, cat motherfucking savage. And cat does have one P.S., Actually, she has two. One of them is a link. But the second one is, forgot to mention that the girl that he cheated on me with and got pregnant, yeah, he named the daughter that they had together after her. Holy shit. I didn't see that. Yep. Yeah. No. Oh, my God. Still, after all this time. Yeah, what the hell? Well, Kat, I am confident that you can fuck his shit right up. Yeah. If he comes after you, it's called self-defense. Do you need backup? I'll be your bitch. Okay, so we have a QOTDW, a question of the day slash week, Mm -hmm. and we actually are doing this new little thing, or we're trying to do this new thing, where We can't do it without your help, though. We need you. (laughs) We need you. What you can do is you can send us a voice message on Facebook or Instagram or wherever. If you need to record it and fucking email it to cruelandunusualthepot at gmail.com, you can do that, too. We're not going to discriminate no you can do it however you want no no no. so if you want to hear your voice on the podcast and we do we want to hear your we want to hear it it's fun this is fun okay we're gonna do it <laughs> don't make um, me twist your motherfucking arm God. but we do have one and i'm going to play it really quick and then we will do our thing we'll, we'll do our thing and answer it hello cruel coven this is Cass coming to you live on the facebook messenger app and i have a question of the day week for you guys um what is or what are 
your favorite conspiracy theories and why. Ooh, you know that we love a good conspiracy theory, honey. Uh, Okay, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? That Taylor Swift is a clone of Dolly Parton. Of the satanic princess Zena LaVey. I don't know who that is. I saw something about it one time and I think about it a lot. Let me show you. Okay, let me show you her picture next to Taylor Swift. I'll share this too. Or you can just Google, Google it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm it's her sorry. Clone. And there's a lot of like supporting reasons I'm, why people think I, that's her clone. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, isn't it wild? You know, okay. So let's say that God and Satan are real. That would be like, that would be very intelligent of Satan to do that. Yeah. Because... <laughs> Everyone loves Taylor. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't like Taylor Swift? I mean. And who doesn't like Satan? Honestly. <laughs> no. No, but really. Like Taylor yeah. Swift, there's not many people who can say anything bad about her as a person. Like you don't have to connect with her music or right. love it. She seems like she really loves her fans. She tries to give back to her fans. I've seen her do a lot for different charities. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you wouldn't think Satan would want to give back to a charity, but who cares? Right. Um, if Satan is using this clone, Taylor, Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm to try and get people like into this cult this taylor cult right he's winning <laughs> right and a lot wow. of people say she's got a lot of like illuminati references in her in her she like, probably does. imagery in her lyrics yeah. and stuff there's a lot of reasons why like the year that she was born and she really looks like her they look identical can, I, can you show me that again i want to see it again yeah there's a lot of side by side i cannot mm-hmm. that is terrifying yeah i'm terrified it's, that gives me a chill. I know. I love it, though. I love this conspiracy theory. Even the yeah. way she's looking. Taylor has that look. Yes. I really like Taylor Swift. Yeah. I really like her. And I've seen, you know, I've watched a lot of her concerts and, and watched a lot of her interviews. And that is a look that she has. Mm-hmm. I don't like the conspiracy theories that can be harmful and perpetuate harmful stereotypes and, and like, ideas. Like that Sandy people, Hook. Yeah. 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 That's awful. Did you um, know that um, people are, that there's a conspiracy theory that the that big joplin missouri tornado was mm-hmm. done by the government oh yeah because that's yeah that, that makes sense that that was that, that one was strange mm-hmm. katie perry is jean benet ramsey yeah. i don't like that that's not cool let the I little girl like rest in peace yeah i hate that but some of these like the fucking satan taylor swift that's kind of fun right yeah i mean that one i can get behind that makes sense yeah um the one i don't i don't claim that these are like favorite like as in like, I think that they're so awesome or cool. I don't mm-hmm. think that they're cool or awesome at no, all. They're interesting. They're, yeah. So I would say my most interesting, like the ones that I'm most interested in are 9-11 mm-hmm. and the the JFK one. Yeah. Um, Because, man, they just make your wheels turn. My dad is very obsessed with the JFK. Yeah. When you did yeah. the episode on, on that, yeah. you were saying how <laughs> you had to call your dad yep. for some stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, Tori, if you're into those government kind of cover-up conspiracy theories, I think you're really going to like this topic that I'm talking to you about today. I think I'm really going to, too. Yeah. And this is a topic that we haven't said what it is, but you guys have seen the title already. You already know, and you voted for it if you're a Patreon, hopefully. Patreons, you voted for this, so you better be here. Um, I have never once ever looked into this, Mm -hmm. ever. I've never watched anything about it. I've never heard anything about it. I've never listened to a podcast, watched a YouTube video, nothing. So all of this is brand new info to me it's i'm not gonna lie it's out there yeah but who knows that's part of it it's a mystery conspiracy theory we don't really know somebody has to know it's a mystery i feel like people do know but i don't know i don't know i'm just going to give you the facts or the stories or the the legends the myths yeah about roswell new mexico roswell and the famous ufo crash that happened there supposedly yeah. Or did it? Are you ready to go to Roswell? I'm ready. All right, let's go. Can we play some alien music here? Roswell, New Mexico is an interesting place, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Their McDonald's restaurant is actually shaped like a flying saucer. Really? Yeah, I'll put pictures of it up. It's really, what? I want to go there so bad. Yeah, that's cool. It doesn't actually fly that I know of, oh. but um, it's literally built in the shape of a, of a flying saucer. That's really I love cool. it. Roswell has a UFO museum and research center. They have a UFO spacewalk, which is like a walkthrough black light sort of thing, like experience. And they even have a statue of an alien family broken down on the side of the road. Really? Yeah. Wow. And they have countless other alien-inspired attractions. Even their, like, um, 
credit union logo is a flying saucer. Oh, wow. Okay. It's all so just they're, all aliened up. They're very, like, tourist attraction-y because of mm-hmm. all of this, I would yes. assume. Yes, and you're going to see why if you don't know already. Um, You also might remember Roswell, the sci-fi alien TV show. I don't, based but off, I bet they do. Yeah, based a lot of people probably do. Mm-hmm. Um, It's based off the book series Roswell High by Melinda Metz. I never watched it. I remember it when it was on, like, seeing the previews or whatever but i'd never watched it i want to say very early 2000s and the thing is a lot of us know that roswell was supposedly the site of a ufo crash in the 40s and what i'm going to do is just tell you that story and the aftermath and how many people believe that the u.s government covered it up and how many other people believe that it never really happened at all i'm excited no murder just a little foray into the weird I feel like every now and then we have to relax on the murder. Yeah. Just a little. Yeah. You need a break. And you guys, the other um, options on the poll, we'll get to them. All right. We have a lot to get into. So we're going to start in the summer of 1947. Are you ready? I'm ready. On the morning of June 14th, a rancher by the name of Mac Brazel woke up early for work on the J.B. Foster Ranch in Lincoln County, New Mexico. This ranch sat about 75 miles north of Roswell, and this day, Mac was just chilling, doing rancher shit, and he was out surveying the land in the sheep pasture when he discovered this material on the ground. Oh, okay. This debris was reported in the Roswell Daily Record as, quote, a large area of bright wreckage made up of rubber strips, tinfoil, a rather tough paper, and sticks. That sounds weird, right? Not something you would expect to find in the middle of a pasture. Right, right. At first, Mac probably thought someone, like, dumped trash in the field, because that had happened before. Well, rightfully so. Um, That would be the first thing that you would think. Yeah. But he got a little closer, and he started inspecting it, and it was all over the place. He quickly realized that it wasn't just your run-of-the-mill trash. It was really, really strange looking, and Mac had no clue what it was. Like, nothing, he looked at it and nothing, like, rang a bell. Like, oh, it could be this, it could be that. It was stuff that he had never seen. Yeah, that's really, really weird. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it was weirdly colored. It had, like, weird symbols, like little flowers and stuff on it. It just didn't make sense. Yeah. that weird to think, like, that you could see something and not know what it is. Yeah. Like, sure, there's things that we don't, like, I don't know. There's not anything, though, that we haven't, like known of seeing you know what i mean or not often Mm -hmm. that you would see in a field it's like trying to think of a new color right you can't you can't if you can you're a fucking liar let me know if you can i could use you in my experiment (laughs) you just have to sign on the dotted line okay so it looked like essentially a big mess of metallic sticks or rods held together with tape plastic components and metal foil Mac also found scraps of a paper-like material that was heavy and had a glossy finish, but it was this really durable paper material, like unterrible, unshreddable. He picked some up. He tried to rip it. He couldn't. That's weird. Yeah. And the tape that was holding this stuff together, it wasn't like your regular tape, not scotch tape or duct tape. Those two were invented. Those were a thing, but this tape was purple. Okay. And it had those little symbols all over it, like little flowers almost. So weird. In 1947. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. That's not something that you would see in the store. Mac didn't really know what the hell to do. Like, what do you do? He did know that he didn't want his sheep to eat any of this material. He didn't know if it was, if it could harm them. toxic. Right. Or radioactive or whatever. And the sheep were his livelihood. Yeah. But it turned out that the sheep ingesting this material wasn't going to be much of a problem because the sheep would not go near it really it was like they were afraid of it and if you know anything about sheep which i don't but i do know that they're they're gonna eat pretty much whatever you give them sure you know well they're hungry right they don't have lots of options right right and they just they wouldn't go near this stuff Hmm. so mac left it there in the field and he went home And over the next few days, he had other ranchers and neighbors come with him to come check it out to see, like, if they had any ideas of what it might be. And none of them knew what it was either. But some of them were intrigued, and they were like, I'm just going to snag some of this stuff and take it home with me. No big deal. Uh, no. Like, (laughs) why? 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 They wanted it. They thought it was cool, I guess. I don't think that would be, like, my first move. Mm Mm-mm. But Mac and his friends and neighbors, they they tried to put some of this debris to the test with, like, fire. I was going to say, I wonder if it's flammable. No, it wouldn't. None of it would no. burn. No. They the fuck. took hammers to it. It wouldn't 
break, it wouldn't so, bend, it wouldn't budge. Honestly, the definition of indestructible. Yeah. But we don't know what it is. Exactly. Nothing happened to it. And Max, like, I would imagine he had this debris on his mind, but he wasn't panicking about it, really. Nobody thought aliens right off the well, bat. yeah. Nobody it was 1947. It seems like he was just like, hmm, that's weird. So three weeks later, Mac travels the 75 miles to Roswell for work. He goes there to, like, sell some stuff. And it just so happened that there was some chatter going on around town. Roswell was swirling with gossip about other people in the area actually seeing UFOs in the sky. Now, of course, these UFO sightings were, like, quick glimpses, you know, like flashing lights. They, they didn't look up and, like, see an actual flying saucer, just like Khloe Kardashian. They were just unknown flying objects, nothing really concrete or provable, of course. But a week after Mac found all of that material in his field, a pilot named Kenneth Arnold was flying from, okay, Chehalis, Chehalis, Washington. Okay, it's in Washington. And he was flying from there to Yakima, Washington. Okay. So Kenneth Arnold was, he was making that flight. He was flying for business. The skies were clear and the wind was mild. And Kenneth made a quick detour in his plane because he heard about a cash reward for whoever located this crashed Marine Corps airplane near Mount Rainier. They couldn't find it. They knew it went down. They couldn't find it. They were offering a reward for whoever could find it. So here he heard about this on his flight and he's like, I'm going to, you know, skeet off over here and see yeah. if I can find it and get myself some fucking money. Just do a little look-see. Mm -hmm. So he does this little detour and just before 3 p.m. at about 9,200 feet in altitude near Mineral, Washington, Kenneth gave up on his search for the crashed plane and he headed toward his intended destination, Yakima. And this is when he saw a bright flashing red light in the sky. Now, remember, he's up in a plane. Right. And this light was kind of like, he, he said it was kind of like sunlight bouncing off of a mirror. I can picture yeah, that. Yeah, like a reflection. And he was like, oh, shit, I hope I'm not too close to another aircraft, you know. Oh, that's I didn't not even, good. Yeah, I didn't even think about mm -hmm. that. So he scanned the skies around him, but all he saw was another airplane about 15 miles behind him and to his left. So it wasn't close enough to be making these reflections or right. whatever he was seeing. So roughly 30 seconds after that initial flash of light, Kenneth saw like a series of bright flashes of light ahead of him in the distance. Okay. He was like, okay, maybe these are just weird reflections catching in like in my windows. And he adjusted his glasses. He kind of rocked the plane from side to side trying to like recreate the reflection. Right. Sure. Um, But that wasn't it. Nothing he could do could imitate right. it. Right. Yeah. They weren't reflections. These strange flashes of light were coming from another fleet of flying objects, he soon realized, ahead of him. An entire fleet. So not just one. Not two. A fleet of some things. But he didn't know what. He didn't know what. Okay. What the fuck, Kenneth? Did he see him yet? Like, can you see the actual object? He's, yeah, he's going to see him. So the lights continued flashing in a straight line, like a chain of lights. Like these, this fleet was like perfectly lined up mm -hmm. in synchronicity. So if they would all move together. Yeah. You know, rationally, he's not thinking aliens or UFOs. He's like, maybe there's a tail end of a jet or something that I just, I just couldn't see before. That wasn't it either. And he would have known what to look for. Yeah. Well, yeah. A I mean, this, pilot's not going to run into another plane. Right. This was his job. He, right. He had done it before. This was not a first time he was a seasoned pilot, I would yeah. assume. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, he would have, yeah. So Kenneth's still flying. He's still trying to figure out the source of these lights when they got closer to his plane. Okay. So they're coming at him. Coming towards him. Coming towards him. Or okay. he's getting closer to them. I'm not, it's really unclear, but they're getting closer. They were kind of erratic, but still in perfect synchronicity. So they got so close that the weird flying objects flew in front of his airplane, appearing as a dark silhouette against Mount Rainier's snowy backdrop. They flashed their bright red lights and flipped around erratically. Kenneth later said that he could see that when these objects flipped, like when he saw them on their edge, kind mm -hmm. of, yeah, they were so thin that they were almost invisible. Wow. Okay. According to writer and UFO specialist Jerome Clark, Kenneth described these UFOs as a series of flying objects with convex shapes, and he later revealed that one of the objects was crescent-shaped. Oh, That's okay. fucking weird. Like a moon? Mm-hmm. Or a crescent. Or a eat. crescent. Or a crescent wrench. Or a crescent roll. 
Pillsbury, you choose. You choose your own ending. <laughs> he said that they moved like saucers skipping on water. So this is kind of where the term flying saucer came from. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's doing the hand movement, and it's really good, you guys. It's really good. She's got it down. I, I truly that, do. That UFO flight pattern. Now, Kenneth got pretty scientific in his reporting, and I'm not. I'm not going to get scientific no. because no, 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 I'm not no, no. scientific. We don't expect that from no, you. No, 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 no. He kind of tried to follow this fleet of flying saucers, and he tried to figure out how fast they were moving. According to his calculations, the UFOs were flying at about 1,700 miles per hour. And that was three times faster than any manned aircraft could travel in 1947. Holy fuck. So they're a fucking flying boy. They're They're going. going. They're going somewhere. They might be topsy-turvy. They're on a fucking mission. But they're fucking going. Mm -hmm. They know what they're doing. Maybe in circles. Could be. Doesn't matter. They're on some weird planet. Truly. You know. Fucking around. We could be scaring them. (laughs) Right. They're like, oh, fuck, we're not supposed to be here right now. It's like Santa Claus. You know what I mean? Like, they're not supposed to let people see them. Right. And there's yeah. a p- fucking plane right uh-huh. there with a man in it. Yeah, it's fucking Kenneth. Jesus. <laughs> Kenneth. So eventually, these flying objects, they faded from view. And Kenneth would go on to tell his story and the news spread, bringing us back to Roswell, where the townsfolk were talking about it and, and other sightings, too. Because that's weird. Yeah. Right? Right. Right. right that's yeah. not right if you believe him. I mean, a lot of times I feel like people see things and I just don't believe them. Yeah, yeah. I don't believe anybody. You are the one of the most skeptical people about everything Mm -hmm. and anything. Everything. I don't believe anybody ever. Yeah, that I have ever met in my entire Mm -hmm. life. And I mean, I haven't met that many skeptical people, but you are. You definitely are. I know. Which there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that's just how you are. Yeah. I think I would rather be pleasantly surprised at the truth than yeah let down by a lie yeah you know know? i hate disappointment Mm -hmm. oh i hate it i am disappointed a lot in a lot of things yeah and so i just don't put a lot of hope into things yeah wow we're getting really deep here put that on your (laughs) fucking wall and frame it sticker out of that (laughs) okay oh i hate us okay but like in 1947 especially that's really weird yeah this stuff just doesn't happen or exist right people didn't talk about aliens not in the way that we do now and the concept of flying saucers like we see in movies and and little green men martians martians those concepts didn't really exist yet right in fact this is when and where those concepts originated the world was kind of in this flying saucer craze now at this point with all of these sightings and shit going on yeah so after these sightings and kenneth the pilot's experience and all of this gossip and talk about aliens and flying saucers the military was actually on high alert they weren't taking this lightly they thought that there could have been a legitimate threat but they weren't thinking like alien ufos they were thinking soviet planes right which would make more sense the cold war was a thing going on and they had to be alert with all of these flying object reports coming in right so Mac Brazel is hearing all of this UFO chatter when he's in Roswell, and he was like, well, I've got some weird shit in my field, and it's time to call the sheriff, I think. <laughs> you know? You think <laughs> so, Mac. Logical next step. So Mac found Roswell's sheriff, George Wilcox, and Mac told him, hey, I've got a flying saucer on my property, or at least I'm pretty sure I think I do. Sheriff Wilcox recommended that Mac get a hold of officials at the Roswell Army Air Force Base. So Mac does that. He gets a hold of the um, military at this Air Force Base. Uh-huh. But the Roswell Army Airfield didn't really seem too concerned about what Mac was saying he found on his property. They haven't they were seen like, it yet, though, right? No, they haven't seen it. He was just telling them about it. And they're just like, meh. Okay. Okay. Okay, Okay. We've got bigger fish to fry saucers skipping over the water in the air yeah and the soviets but when you think about it that's actually weird their reaction to that is weird because they were on high alert about this shit thinking that it was the soviets you would think that they would want to follow up on something that suspicious at the very least or strange i should say yeah at the very least go look at it take an hour out of your day for god's sake and go see the shit in the sheep pasture not the sheep shit the debris. <laughs> <laughs> not the sheep shit in the, in the not, sheep pasture. Not the sheep shit. But they didn't do anything about it. They didn't come look at it. Nothing. So a few days later, Matt goes back out to the crash site with his family and they gather up the debris as much as they can carry and Matt put it in his truck and he drove it to Roswell. 
he wanted to show Sheriff Wilcox himself. Yeah. He was like, if you're not going to come here and look at it, I will bring the shit I'll... in the sheep shit to you. Yeah, I'll bring the it to you. pasture shit to mm-hmm. you. We're going to make this easy. So Max showed Sheriff Wilcox this stuff and Sheriff Wilcox promptly shat his pants. <laughs> I I would think yeah, so. Yeah, right? Okay. And I'm not sure if it was because Mac had the sheriff's backing now or what it was, but Mac finally, finally gets into contact with a general. Okay. We're getting somewhere. Yes. Brigadier General Roger Ramey out of Fort Worth, Texas. General Ramey said he'd fly over and have a look at this debris. A counterintelligence officer, Major Jesse Marcel, was also dispatched to come take a look while General Ramey was on his way to the crash site because obviously General Ramey had to fly there. That's like 500 miles away. So in the meantime, they dispatched this Major Marcel to go look at it in person. Major Marcel has been dubbed Roswell's, quote, first witness, which I think that title should go to Mac, but... I think so, too. But anytime there was some sort of security event, Major Marcel would have been the guy to get affairs in order with the base, for the base, and he was the guy to make press statements. So they sent him out there, and in an initial press release, because this was big, gossipy world news, the Roswell Army Airfield, via Major Marcel, so from him, said that a flying disc had been recovered from a local ranch. The Roswell Daily Record newspaper picked up on this press release right away, and they ran with it. They printed an article called, RAAP Captures Flying Saucer on Ranch in Roswell Region. General Ramey arrives. He talks to Major Marcel, and the press is there at the base. They take photos of the two men holding the debris, and the newspaper kind of confirms, like, here are two military officials. And they think that this was an alien UFO crash site. Wow. That's what the newspaper is putting out. Confirmed aliens. So, of course, people go fucking nuts. Of course they do. Why would they not? Mm Mm-hmm. And one of these photos that was taken by the the newspaper photographer, General Ramey is holding a piece of paper with handwriting on it. The writing, and you can you can find this picture. Mm-hmm. The writing is very hard to decipher. It's it would be almost impossible to clearly see what it says. It's known as the Ramey memo. Okay, even got a name. Some people think it says "and the victims of the wreck," or "and the viewing of the wreck." Oh, those could mean wildly different things. Oh, yeah. If there's victims of the wreck, they're talking about aliens, right? right? Or viewing of the wreck, that just means that they went and viewed it, like the crash site. Nobody really knows. People are still trying to decipher that. I bet they are. To this day. Wow. Okay. Almost right after this happened, after the military via Major Marcel released that they found a UFO, the military backtracked their statement and they were like, no, what we found on that ranch was actually the debris from a fallen weather balloon carrying a radar target. Bullshit. Yeah, I say, I say wh- bullshit. I'm, I don't know. Why? Mm-hmm. Of all things? Yeah, we'll get into that more, okay. too. Okay, okay. The Roswell Daily Dispatch paper was quick to run a new story titled Army Debunks Roswell Flying Disc as World Simmers with Excitement. Wow. So this was their new story. They were okay. reporting that the military took back that statement, and they're like, no, it's a weather balloon. <laughs> so it seems that right like okay <laughs> you could not get more a like a yeah. more different mm-hmm. redaction and then like it's what a, it really yeah. is it's almost like oh yeah people will believe that they'll be like oh duh it's just a weather right. balloon but it, you'll see that that does not work at all so it seems that it was kind of like we've got the story no we've got the story well flying saucer sell more newspapers so we're running with that and right. we're running with this and it was a lot of chaotic energy But that second article, the one that reported the mix-up with the military, actually included an interview with Mac Brazel. He's the one, he was the rancher. And in that interview, Mac stated that he did not believe that the material found in his sheep pasture came from a weather balloon. So this is coming from Mac. This is coming from someone who actually physically saw it. He saw it and... He was there. He was there, and Mac had seen weather balloons crashed on his property before. Really? Apparently, it happened quite often. Wow. So, he would know that that wasn't what, unless it was some sort of new weather, you know? Yeah, right. But he knew in his heart that that, it was not a weather balloon. Wow. According to him. Did he know in his mind, too? In his mind, and his heart, (laughs) and his soul, and his gut. His very being. His core. 
And you have to ask yourself, do you believe, Tori, that the U.S. military would mistake a weather balloon (laughs) for a UFO, (laughs) seeing as how they were releasing weather balloons on a daily basis? Do you think the fucking U.S. military would be like, oh, maybe it's a flying saucer. Oh, no, it's a weather. They would know. (laughs) They would know. Right. Yes. No, they would not say that something was a UFO if it was a fucking weather balloon. Mm-hmm. They would know it was a weather balloon right away. They're right. the ones that fucking put them out there. How whatever. many times can we say weather balloon? Weather balloon, weather balloon. In 15 seconds. Weather balloon, weather balloon. But to me, that makes no sense. No. That makes no sense. Why would... Um, it wasn't like me going and saying, oh, maybe that's a weather balloon. Yeah. When I've never fucking seen no, one. it was Major Marcel. He right. was the one that was like, it's a it's a UFO. That doesn't mean alien. That doesn't mean he meant alien. No, it just means it's, just an, means it's unidentified yes. flying object. Yeah. And get this. The military officials, they wouldn't be promoted as they all were. After making supposedly one of the biggest blunders in the history of the United States. Yeah. I think right. not, friends. Right. I think not. They would have They been, all got promoted. Yeah, they would have been the opposite. You don't get promoted, promoted for fucking things up. <laughs> no. You don't. That's not how it happens. That's no. not how it goes. Mm-mm. You get fired. You get terminated. Right. Yeah, and and this was a big fuck up because it, it could cause a worldwide frenzy. It kind right. of did. Right. And a worldwide frenzy is one of the major reasons why the military would cover something like this up right. to prevent people Mass from hysteria. going off the wall about right. it. Yeah. Major Marcel's story also never changed. It didn't get crazier. It didn't get more elaborate with this UFO craze going on. You know how something can start off as like a small seed and then... It grows into a tree. It's fed. Yeah. And fed. And, and it, fed. And I it know. Grows and grows and, and it, grows. It festers. It festers. And it just keeps on yep. festering. But that didn't happen. No. It started off as one thing and it stayed one thing. Yeah. He said it was a UFO. Right. Aside from when it was a balloon. Well, right, but according to him, he was the yeah. one that first reported, and then they kind of like made him made. They changed the narrative. Yeah, they changed it, they mm-hmm. yeah. and it wasn't like he wanted to be part of something big. He just simply reported on what he saw at the crash site. Yeah. Nonetheless, Major Marcel was asked by his superior, Colonel Blanchard, to pose for a photo with some of the tinfoil debris. Like, so they wanted a picture of him holding this tinfoil. Yeah. And the point of that was to prove to the public that the debris was from a weather balloon and to put the UFO rumors to rest. But I don't know why. <laughs> why did they think that that was going to put anything to rest? Well, it yeah. Didn't. But, yeah. <laughs> it didn't at all. In fact, the whole thing blows up into a giant conspiracy theory. Well, because now it is easy to see that they're trying to backtrack. They're trying to switch things. Yeah, right. They're they're trying to cover it up. Mm-hmm. So, of course, that is going to make people go into mass hysteria. Right. Because they're like, okay, wait, no. Mm-hmm. Why do you not want us to know about this? Right. And Why I is it a it's, secret? It's human nature to want to believe, like, the conspiracy theories. That you want... It's it's exciting. Mm-hmm. You want to believe in the unknown. Yeah. That wasn't, that was even more unknown then than it is now. Right. And also there's the distrust for the government, which I'm, I don't think back then it was like it is now. It you probably know? wasn't nearly as bad, but there were other things going on. Right. And this definitely played into that. Yeah. What we have going, you know? Right. When the military put out that new revised statement that the crash was a weather balloon, Mac Brezel kind of stopped talking about it. Really? Yeah, and that's weird because he was so adamant that someone official come check out that wreckage. Right. He he wanted it looked at. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, and now they're saying, no, it's a weather balloon, and then it's like he just accepts it. That's so weird. Or does he? Right. Because, I mean, people can have a change of heart. They can change their minds, but... But about something that, like, he was so... Adamant about it. Yeah, he was very, and he was concerned. Yeah. So maybe he was silenced. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. That ac- that's actually, like, scary to me mm-hmm. to think that that would be possible. Yeah. So allegedly, now this can't be confirmed, but after Major Marcel inspected the debris, a shit ton of other military personnel came to the property, they collected the debris, and they hauled it away in these big armored trucks, But also, supposedly, Mac was taken into military custody, and he was detained for just under a week. What? So if it's a fucking balloon, Mm -hmm. why does he need to be detained for a week? 
And and what kind of truck? Who sent a truck there to get rid of it? The military. Why? They picked it all up and took it away. In, in an armored know. truck? Yeah. Why? I don't know. That makes no fucking sense. Because it was aliens. It clearly. And no. What the fuck? This is just speculation, but reportedly Mac was threatened to shut the fuck up about what he thought he found. And if he talked, they would arrest him. Wow. That's a big fucking thing. Like, if that really happened, if Mac was threatened in that way, why? Over a weather balloon, like you said. Right. Over a... Okay, no. (laughs) No. I'm going to speculate no. 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 Now, the military claims that that never happened, that they didn't detain him and threaten him, but would they admit to something like that? Of course not. Because then everyone would have the same questions that we did. Why would you detain an innocent citizen that had a fucking weather balloon in their yard it makes no sense it doesn't make sense unless because max still thought that it was a ufo unless they were just trying to prevent him from from saying that because they didn't want pandemonium yeah sure but that seems like a very extreme measure to go to right and obviously like there's no way to confirm this like i said but apparently max next door neighbor heard it from mac himself it happened so there were also cover-up rumors swirling because after all of this happened, Mac suddenly had money. Like, a lot of money. Mac and his family, they were not well off before this. They were a low-income ranching family. But now they seem to have quite a bit of money. So where did that come from? Okay. that mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so was he paid off? Mac bought a brand new truck all out of nowhere and suddenly left town to go open up his own business somewhere and no one really heard from him or his family again that's weird Mm -hmm. that's okay there's no way there's no way in my brain that any of that adds up Mm -hmm. to a weather balloon yeah a weather balloon no it's also reported that sheriff wilcox who was kind of involved and he was that was the first guy who Mm -hmm. to okay yeah yeah He was around for the whole thing, pretty much, and he apparently was threatened to keep quiet, too. Wow. So so Mac left town, but the UFO chatter and the conspiracy theories, they didn't die down after he left. In fact, more people started to come forward to say that they, too, had witnessed things beyond their comprehension. Okay. Witnesses said that in 1945, two years before the incident at Mac's ranch, they stumbled across a downed aircraft about 30 feet long and avocado shape oh (laughs) in and that was in san antonio new mexico okay there were other witnesses who said they came across a crashed aircraft in the plains of san augustine new mexico just a few days before the roswell incident this craft was reported to be 32 feet in diameter there was a ufo crash known as the jim ragsdale site located 53 miles west of roswell in the foothills of the captain mountains this craft was 20 feet in diameter another a ufo site located in hart canyon about nine miles north of aztec new mexico this craft was 100 feet in diameter which is fucking huge that's a lot of feet yeah and yeah. reportedly that one landed completely intact what? on March 25th, 1948. So. Wow. These were all, I mean, I guess they were looked into. I don't know. They were By all. Who? Yeah, just unidentified flying objects. hmm You know? And there are tons of theories, nothing officially confirmed. But in the 1940s, our government built the Los Alamos National Laboratories near Santa Fe, New Mexico. The purpose of this facility was to research and build an atomic bomb. Oh, While Los Alamos was being built, three high-powered radar units were also built to guard the skies over Los Alamos. One of these high-powered radar sites was at Alvado, New Mexico. The second high-powered radar unit was built near Continental Divide, New Mexico, near the Arizona border. The third high-powered radar was a mobile unit stationed at Moriarty, close to the center of New Mexico. So, a popular theory is that this mobile high-powered radar unit shot down these UFOs that crashed in New Mexico between, like, 1945 and 1948. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it's a great theory if you think that they were alien aircrafts. Right. So, I mean, some people think they were aliens. Some people are, like, absolutely not. That's stupid. They don't exist. Like, there's not a bunch of UFO landings and crashes here. But one person who was 100% unshakably convinced was a woman named miriam bush okay tell me about miriam bush 
Well, Miriam was dubbed the Roswell nurse. Oh, was she a nurse? No. Oh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) She was actually a secretary, and I'll get to that. Okay. But she was convinced that extraterrestrials visited New Mexico because she claimed to have seen aliens with her own two eyes, like the actual little people. Really? She's mistakenly reported as a nurse a lot, but she was a secretary at the Roswell Army Airfield Base Hospital. Okay. So she was a secretary, but people just, some, at one point, someone said she was a nurse, and people just... People just ran with it. Yeah, and you'll see why they thought she could have been a nurse. She was convinced that extraterrestrials visited New Mexico because she claimed to have seen the aliens with her own two eyes. And what did they look like? Well, I'm going to tell you. Okay. So Miriam was 27 years old at the time, Mm -hmm. in 1947, and she was working as a secretary at the Army um, base hospital, like I said. And she had a friend who was an embalmer at the local Ballard funeral home. Okay. This man's name is Glenn Dennis. Glenn says that Miriam Bush admitted a secret to him, and this secret was that on July 8th, 1947, the same day that the newspaper reported the UFO on the ranch, they were doing preliminary autopsies on some very strange-looking bodies at the base hospital, Hmm. and she was allowed to go into the room. Okay. Saw them with their own two eyes. That's the idea. Yeah, that's the theory. Some people think she didn't even exist. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just crazy. Okay. But so Glenn Dennis, the embalmer that Miriam supposedly told this story to. Yeah. He said, quote, she had gone to get supplies in a room where two doctors were performing a preliminary autopsy. So hold on. Mm -hmm. So Glenn, Glenn Dennis, Mm -hmm. Glenn Dennis was not the embalmer for those bodies. No, he was just a friend. He was a friend. Yeah, he was a friend of Miriam. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And it wouldn't have been weird for them to talk about bodies, I guess. He's an embalmer. She works at the hospital. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe well, maybe she thought, like, oh, he won't think this is... He won't think I'm crazy. Right. You know? The doctor said that they needed her to take notes during the procedure. Okay. She said she had never smelled anything so horrible in her life. And the sight was the most gruesome she had ever seen. She said, this was something no one has ever seen. As she spoke, I was concerned that she might go into shock. Dennis continued, she drew me a diagram of the bodies, including an arm with a hand that only had four fingers. The doctors noted that on the end of the fingers were little pads resembling suction cups. Wow. She said the head. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. (laughs) She said the head was disproportionately large for the body. The eyes were deeply set. The skulls were flexible. I hate that. I don't like that. flexible skull. No. The nose was concave with only two orifices. The mouth was a fine slit. And the doctor said there was heavy cartilage instead of teeth. The ears were only small orifices with flaps. 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 No. Uh Uh-huh. I don't like it. They had no hair. The skin was black, perhaps due to exposure in the sun. She gave me the drawings, end quote. Oh, my God. So this was obviously very upsetting for Miriam to witness. Yeah. Like, can you imagine the sight of these dead otherworldly bodies? And I'm sure, like, coming to the conclusion that aliens are real, you know, like, I can't even imagine. The flappy ears and the flexible skull. Flexible skull. That really fucks me up. A mouth slit. A mouth Suction cup fingers. Yeah. I can't, that'd be cool, right? Yeah. Suction everything. up the wall. Like mm-hmm. Spider Man. So she told all of this to Glenn Dennis. She told her family, and they're like, they, they didn't really believe her. Oh, well, I don't yeah. think. I mean, that would be hard to kind of you digest. You no, wouldn't. No, I have. fucking wouldn't. No, not, I mean, at the time. No, no. I would not. Uh, no. And she's still very shaken by this experience. So she goes to work the next day and she's pulled aside by her bosses. And they told her that she was not supposed to see what, what she saw. Yikes. She was just a secretary. She shouldn't have been allowed in that room. And they tell her that if she talks about any of this, there will be consequences. So she was threatened. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Miriam went to her family and to Glenn and she was like, you really, really can't tell anyone what I told you about these autopsies. I don't know what she was threatened with, but it seemed to have worked. Um, except for that pesky Glenn Dennis who couldn't keep his mouth shut. Yeah. Um, okay, he Glenn did. Dennis the embalmer. Yeah, he did. He did keep his mouth shut for a while. 
but he eventually spilled it when Miriam died in 1989 by suicide. No. Yeah, but the thing was... How long? That was a long time after that, right? Yeah, so that happened in 1947. Yeah. And then 1989, she she died. Um, The thing was, though, Miriam's death seemed very suspicious to her family. I guess she had cuts and bruises that that didn't seem self-inflicted, and there were other inconsistencies and things that were just not right. Hmm. I don't know what the other things were, but... I always say if the family knows something is wrong, it's wrong. Right. But that's just, it was ruled a suicide. Now, we don't know for sure how much truth there is to this story. Was Glenn Dennis just looking for some notoriety? You know, I I, I don't know. Did it really happen? Who knows? Um, it seems kind of out there, but let's have an open mind, shall we? Hmm. Because it turns out there was someone else who claimed to have seen these dead alien bodies. So at this base hospital at the Roswell Army Airfield, there was a doctor who worked there and his identity has never been released. He's remained anonymous for all of these years. But in the 70s, this doctor spoke with a UFO researcher and told him that everything this researcher had heard about Roswell was true. Because this doctor claimed that he was the one who performed the autopsies on the aliens. That nurse slash secretary, Miriam... Mm -hmm. was in there for yeah that's what he's claiming okay especially because he's anonymous you know yeah i don't know you would think that if it was for notoriety or to like or have your name in a headline that you would want to have your name out there to be in a headline yeah that's the thing he told the researcher what the bodies looked like and his description apparently matched miriam's to the t so who knows and i mean this ufo researcher I mean, sometimes you can get really, really into shit. Yeah. Did he make this doctor up? There's just no way of knowing. Right. But time goes on. It does. That's true. (laughs) It it marches on. Time marches on. (laughs) Let me tell you. That's like something from Buddha. In 1980, a writer and UFO researcher named Charles Berlitz compiles all of this information on the sightings and these UFO crashes and and all of that. And he turns it into a book called The Roswell Incident. So this is the blurb for the book. This is from Amazon.com. The Roswell Incident was the most important UFO encounter of our century. But the facts about the incident are still being hidden from the American public. This groundbreaking book not only explores every aspect of the mysterious UFO crash near Roswell, New Mexico, but also probes the bizarre government cover-up that began within hours of the discovery and has continued right up to the present day. So it's clear from that blurb that this book is very sensational. You know, it's very one-sided. It's very, this was aliens. Right. And this was covered up by your own government. Right. We all love a good conspiracy theory. Clearly. Especially about a government cover-up. It's very intriguing. It's it's so you know? interesting to dig into and to dive into, yeah, if you will. It is. Yeah. So people believe that the weather balloon story was a huge cover-up, that the alien bodies were autopsied and then stored in Area 51 in Nevada. The Roswell incident was wildly popular, the book. And the release of this book kind of breathed new life into it all, and people wanted to fucking know if the cover-up really happened. Because the book was convincing. Yeah, well, I bet so. Yeah. Yeah. So this got out of hand. I mean, I wouldn't say out of hand, but people were mad. And they, like, they wanted to know, like, if this really happened, it went unchecked. Right. And nobody ever did anything about right. it. Right, yeah. So they wanted to know. And it got so out of hand that an official investigation into the Roswell UFO crash was opened. Oh. In 1994, the Air Force released a 1,000-page report that you can find online, and I did, and I downloaded it. Did you read it all? No. Oh. I didn't read it all. There's no way. But this report basically says that, yes, it was, in fact, a weather balloon that crashed at Roswell. So do they still have all the evidence of from Max Yard, the they weather sh- balloon? They should. I don't know if they do. I just, I'm very curious and about that. there are still people to this day who will, in Roswell and the, and the area, that say that they have pieces. Really? You know, like passed sure. down sure. And, and stuff like that. Who knows if they really are? Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. So this report from 1994, mm-hmm. it says that this weather balloon was launched from a nearby missile test site as part of a classified experiment to monitor the atmosphere in order to detect Soviet nuclear tests. Okay. 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 For the most extreme conspiracy theorist, and even me, like, I feel like they can put 
any kind of statement or report out that they want. Well, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't trust them for a fucking second. And right. I'm not like a conspiracy person, right. really. Right. But I'm not going to just be like, oh, yeah, they said it was a weather balloon. So yeah. that's what it was. No, <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. I don't trust you. Yeah, right. Especially when there was so much back and forth and like hush hush and like potentially paying people off and potentially, you know what I mean? Like there was too much that did not add up. Yeah. And from the very start, high ranking military officials saying that it was a UFO. Right. And people, Whether it was aliens or not, they said it was a UFO. They said it wasn't a weather balloon. Right. And people who had seen weather balloons said that it wasn't a weather balloon. Yeah. So there's just too much that does not add up mm-hmm. for that. Right. I'm me. not saying, like, for sure, yes, it was aliens. Yeah, and there knows? were alien autopsies at the military hospital. Right. I don't think it was a weather balloon. No. I don't, I don't think what so it was. either. So in 1997, another report was published by the military because the people wouldn't give up. Yeah, And they wanted to shut people up. So this one was titled, The Roswell Report, Case Closed. Oh, so they're just closing that Yeah, that to me just sounds like a parent saying, because I said so. Right. We're not arguing about this anymore, you know? It's been decades. (laughs) Enough. So in this report, which I also downloaded, it states that there is no Pentagon evidence that any kind of life form was found in Roswell in connection with the UFO sightings and that the alien bodies that people claim to have seen were actually test dummies used in parachute tests. Why would they mm-hmm. do an autopsy on that? We don't know if those autopsies happened. None of it is right. right. No, it doesn't make sense. No, no. 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 <laughs> just no. It doesn't. But this report, like we just said, it still didn't help put the conspiracy theories to rest. I feel like I could have told them that it wouldn't help. Right. I don't know many people who would just accept a government report about something like this. No. As proof that it didn't happen. Right. I don't, I don't know. I'm, like I said, I'm not a conspiracy girl, so to speak. I tend to look at all sides and not box myself into one idea because I think that's healthy. But I'm just saying, I don't know why they thought publishing this report. Right. Case closed. Which also had a shit ton of inconsistencies, mind you, would just shut people up. No. no, Why would they think that? Case closed. We're done. We're not speaking about it anymore. It's done. Done and over with. You can't talk about it. Case closed, they said. So, I mean, Roswell continues to thrive as a town, as this weird alien-esque tourist destination. And so many people still believe that extraterrestrials crash landed there. And that's... That's what I got. There's so much more. Oh, I bet. I mean, there's literally decades and decades and decades Uh and decades and decades of the on this of research on this. And any of these like little kind of stories that I that I threw in here have you can offshoot. Oh, I bet. And do so much research and talk about. But just for the people who didn't know anything about Roswell, which is is what happened, me. Yeah, or what we thought happened, what we think happened, what they said happened, what they said didn't happen. What reportedly, allegedly, maybe, mm-hmm. possibly, what potentially happened. Back. And tell me what's next. Alien sex? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm very sorry. Maybe. Let us know on our discussion post, on Instagram, Twitter, wherever, what you think. Can you guys start tweeting me more? <laughs> I don't tweet often. <laughs> But you I, gotta if I, send tweets to get tweets. Uh, so that's what my mom used to say. You gotta send mail to get mail. Oh, not tweets. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you see how confused I was when I, I looked at you? I know. So before we get into reading, watching, and listening, we have to shout out our newest Patreoni pepperonis. Hello, Patreoni. We have Sarah. Sarah. I love Sarah. Same. We also have Katrina. Katrina, a beautiful name. And we love you. And we had two Patreoni pepperonis up their pledges from, let's see, let me just find it real quick. We had Jamie up from a $3 to a $10 a month, and we had Kim upgrade from a $7 a month to a $10 a month. So we literally love you. Love your guts. And we cannot thank you enough. No, seriously. This can't be done without your support. And I mean, what else is there to say? It's amazing. And we love you. And we hope you're enjoying your extra shit. Yeah, on, seriously, like for as much as we joke about it, mm-hmm. we're doing the extra stuff for you guys because we like to do it. But it's definitely a bonus that you guys want to see it and that you pledge monthly. And keep an eye out on your mail. You're going to have your something. Your actual mail. Your mail. Your snail mail. Snail mail. You're going to have something in the coming weeks. All Send of the Send mail to get mail. 
<laughs> just kidding. <laughs> All of the Patreons will be getting a little snail mail soon. So, Tori, what are you reading, watching, and listening to? So, I'm currently reading a brand new book that I just started last night called The Next Wife. And that is by Kyra Rhoda. And I'm probably Ooh. saying that wrong. I'm very sorry, but it's I'm a very pretty at the name. I'm cover of it right now, and it looks yeah, good. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a thriller. And I'm listening to Mary Kubica, Mary Kubica, Mary Kubica's newest <laughs> book, <laughs> Local Woman Missing. She's been around for a long time, mm-hmm. and I've never been able to say her last name, but she's huge. What about you, though? Are, what are you um, reading, watching, and listening to, Katie? Podcasts. I started a long form, another long form true, pri- true prime prod press. Is it Canadian? Uh, no, this one is actually out of um, Ohio, I think. It's the Piketon Massacre. Eight members of the same family were all found dead, shot dead in like four different locations. And it's really weird. Uh, in Like in Very four strange. different locations in the house or four different locations? No, like, like different scattered. properties. What? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. of the same family. Like not in, mm-hmm. like brother, mother, sister, but like cousin. Right. Aunt. Like, yes. I know yeah. what you're talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah. I have not heard that, mm-hmm. but I saw something on, like, who knows, like Dateline Oxygen, something yeah. like that. I mean, it was pretty recent. It was like in the 2000s sometime. I don't yeah. remember. Yep. But it's a good podcast so far. I think it's called The Pike Den Massacre. Okay. I've been listening to Killer Queens a lot. I'm liking them. I had never listened to them before, but I had mentioned in our Facebook group that I was like rabbit holing into Columbine. Yeah. The Columbine Massacre. Yeah. And someone recommended Killer Queen's two-parter on Columbine, and it was really good, and I've been kind of skipping around on their episodes here and there. Yeah. And I'm liking them. Watching um, Cruel Summer, American Idol, because I'm a nerd, I did watch a Columbine documentary on YouTube, and I cannot remember what it's called, but I'm going to find it, and I'll share it. It was a good documentary. Um, I had made my husband watch it with me because he didn't know what the fuck Columbine yeah, was. Yeah, I, I don't get that. But I don't either. But I hey, don't understand. Have you ever have you ever seen one of the shooters' mothers speak? No, but I know that there. I know that it's out there. She did a TED talk, and then she she's also a few, got a book. Yeah, she's done yeah. a few different ones. I watched her. It might have been the TED talk, or it might have been a different one where she was talking in like a a different setting. Mm-hmm. I watched that. Yeah, yeah, and she's got a book too. That's that would be um, Dylan's mom. Yeah, okay. I think, her, mom. I think Sue. And then someone in our Facebook group, I can't. I think a few people actually recommended the book called Columbine by Dave Cullen, and I bought it, and it's really fucking good. It's really good. So thank you for recommending that. I've been slowly reading that because it's a big boy. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Is that on Kindle or do you have paperback or? I actually bought the paperback used online. It was like oh, $4 shipped. It was at, wonderful. Look it was at like you. thrift books or something. All, yeah, thrift books. Always yeah. getting those deals, honey. I get those deals, babe. Mm-hmm. 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 And then I started the Sons of Sam show. Oh. On Netflix. Okay. Um, I only watched the first episode. I really thought it was a movie for some reason, yeah. but it's episodes. And it's good. So the first episode just goes over um, David Berkowitz and his his murders, his crimes as the son of Sam. But then at the end of that, it kind of introduces a theory. Okay. And I haven't gotten any further. Gotcha. All right. But yeah, that's about it. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. (laughs) That was so Midwestern. You can find us on Instagram at Cruel and Unusual the Pod. You can send a voice memo to our messages. You can join our Facebook group. That is Cruel and Unusual colon the group. I tweet. She tweets. <laughs> At Cruel Unusual Pod. I don't know if you can send voice memos I on don't, Twitter. Don't, please don't. No, don't do but that if there. If you are on Facebook, I don't you... want. Wait, I don't want to. I don't want to be liable for that. That's too much. <laughs> Please but, do it on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, do it on Instagram at Cruel and Unusual the Pod, or if you join our Facebook group, you can message us. Yeah. Um, on there. Also, go to CruelInkMedia.com for merch. merch. You want a T-shirt? You want a mug? You want a little makeup bag? You can get it. <laughs> yeah, you can. What? else i'm I'm forgetting something because i did it out of order i don't know but you can find us okay you can do it i believe in you you're the best truly so beautiful truly honestly sincerely you have great legs if no one told you today you're fucking awesome and we love you bye goodbye